Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Welcome back. This is the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger. Welcome to episode five of season two, where we're talking about teachers building a relationship with themselves. I'm so thrilled to be joined by my guy. It's .will.law.iii. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Yeah, man. How are things? Things are great, man. I'm loving life, uh, loving learning, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. being a lifelong learner as an educator has its benefits. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we were we were talking about you as a learner earlier this week about how how dogged you've had to be these last few months to get back into your doctoral program. And even now that you see the ends in sight. Still rough. Yeah, rough, rough, and it's funny because I got a part of um, we have a collective of, of alumni and and future alumni and students from Concordia, and one of the, one of our one of our classmates posted that they just got their um, they marched last last March, uh, April, and they just got their um, their actual degree, their doctorate degree in in the mail. And they mm-hmm. took a picture of it and said, for all those who, who feel like they're giving, want to give up because it's getting rough, it's worth it. And they took a picture of it. And I told my wife, I said, that, that motivated me just seeing that yesterday. Because, you know, I heard E.T. when E.T. said, you know, if it was easy, everybody would have a doctorate. Everybody would have their Ph.D. Um, everybody would have their, you know, MBA. Um, but it's not for everybody. And. You know, you and I talked about it that, you know, I, I would definitely not be doing this if it was a financial thing to say, oh, I want, I'm going to do this so I can get a raise at work. Um, this is just one of those lifelong learner things that, that, that I wanted to accomplish uh, my mm-hmm. entire life. You know, I think growing up having my mentor, my uncle uh, Charles, um, being my being a mentor and him being a doctor. And me seeing how he carried himself and, you know, when people address him, it was Dr. Law, come here, Dr. Law, Dr. Walter Charles Law, you know, and it's like growing up hearing that, it's like, man, that, that, that's attainable. Man, that's, that's a whole other episode we need to get into um, what we're exposing our kids to when they're growing up because it made me then realize as a kid that this is something that I wanted. Um, and again, you never know how bad you really want something until you have to go get it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that exposes your, your true desire for whether or not you want it. Because 
so many times I wanted to quit, but again, because I said, you know, I, I was watching a Bill Gates special, and then when I watched Bill Gates, you know, be a college dropout, I was like, hey, Bill did it? You know, he dropped out of college and started Microsoft, you know? He got the company, the bread, and the girl, you know? That, that in my mind, that's what I started saying. I was like, then I had to redirect myself to my expectation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, oh, man, you, you started this, finish it. Mm-hmm. And, and like I say again, I see the value every course that I take. I see the relevancy in the classroom of what I'm dealing with. Um, so it's not like I'm trying to get my doctorate in something else. It's in my craft. So it makes it special, you know, that I'm actually taking theoretical ideas and concepts and putting them to work in the classroom and 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 basically being doing a science experiment you know it's, mm-hmm. here's here's my thesis this is what i believe now let me put some measures in place um to see how it works we were talking before and i don't want to take up a lot but it just came to me we were talking about the seating arrangement arrangements and moving kids and having kids choose their own seats well in my class i have three classes two of my classes i have assigned seating in one of them, I probably need to do a side seating in, but they're doing such a great job of mixing themselves up uh, as we redirect to the expectation that they're changing up themselves every day and sitting around different people. That I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I told my student teacher uh, before we left on Thursday, um, I'm going to let that class ride because that's going to be my test study to see will the, can that be effective for the kids to find their own learning tribe kids who learn like me you know and like i say it has this hang-ups i mean you get kids who realize that people are not who they're supposed to who they say they are once they work in a group and it gets a little dicey um you know you get a group of boys together you know have two groups that's all boys that started out as all boys now they've kind of integrated because they realize can't have all rambunctious people doing the same thing, you know, it's not gonna work. So they've kinda like I say it's 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 an experiment. So mm-hmm. teachers, don't be afraid to be in a, do an experiment. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a great segue into our topic and our continuation from our conversation about mm-hmm. building student mm-hmm. relation or building relationships between teachers and students to understanding how to or not how to well, first, that you need to build a relationship with yourself and how to do that in order to be right, able to... the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the importance of that, to be able to do an experiment like that. Because if you as a teacher are not confident enough and believe in yourself and have a good relationship with yourself, you're never going to stretch yourself to that level where, you, where you'll give up that level of control. So we want to talk today just about why it's important um, to have self-esteem, especially as a teacher and to have a relationship with yourself. And I think I'm going to start out with the story of when we met, you know, we met, we were talking about this. We met, we've been working together almost daily for six years, whether it was when we were at Stellick and, and now in the work we do, but you met me at a real low point, probably the lowest point in my adult life where I had just gotten, um, not, removed from a job but my principal made it fairly clear that I should move on um and it had just rocked my self-confidence so much that I really 
I just wasn't in a position to build a good relationship with kids because I was struggling so hard to figure out who I was. And mm -hmm. over the course of our relationship and our friendship and working together, you helped me to build that to where I continued, you know, I improved on that. But in a lot of ways, I never recovered from those first couple of years. That the the remnants of those relationships went with me. Yeah, and that's and it's funny because you know I think about uh, Will Smith. Uh, he talks about self esteem, and he says no one else's opinion of you matters. It's what you're telling yourself, and a lot of times as teachers we get caught up in because we're judged i mean let's, let's call it fair we're judged every single day by 30 anywhere between 30 to well say 20 to to 150 kids depending on your subject area every single day so it's easy to kind of start listening to and letting some of the negative stuff get built up and even you know when my friends tell me stuff about teachers oh man you know teachers are wow you know teachers go do this teachers go do that and you gotta be the release if you work with those kids and i'm all for it you hey you need to go out and get yourself something to get your to take the edge off of you you're at that point you understand that i need to go do that go do it but don't make that your lifestyle remember that you chose to educate kids that's your lifestyle don't let the stuff that you do to try to, to try to cope with it. And if it's that bad, then maybe there's, this is not the profession for you, but you have to be, you can't get in front of that many judgmental eyes and not have a high self-esteem. Mm. You can't, you can't. Kids are, kids are wonderful and cruel at the same time. You know, <laughs> as I'm sitting here looking at this poster of In and Out, uh, the little Disney movie, um, uh, when it talks about the different, you know, different modes in our brain. I'm just looking at that like, yeah, kids are wonderful to be around, but they're cruel too. They're unforgiving, man, and they're relentless. So if you get on a bad trajectory, they're not going to be the ones to try to throw you out a, a lifeline and help hold you up. They're gonna keep rolling it to see how fast it's gonna go. And if you're not doesn't have a, a strong enough sense of self, and your core is not strong enough to where you can stop yourself, man, you can go down some real, some real gnarly curves, man, and 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 get yourself in a bad in a bad way. Um, and I think that, like I said again, but it starts with yourself. No one else's opinion matters. What do you look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself every morning? You know, that that's, I know I, I tell myself, you're the greatest teacher alive. You know, I go straight Ali. I'm just being honest. That's my morning affirmation. I, I go straight Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest of all time in my mind. And so now that's what I'm projecting on myself. Mm -hmm. So that nothing else between there and then, I'm unapologetically floating like a butterfly, teaching like a bee. You know? <laughs> So um, I just think, like I say, that self-esteem piece really, really is, is probably paramount, the most paramount portion of it. Mm -hmm, for sure. And, and, you know, 
that was the where I was at. I just had a very low self-esteem. <laughs> um, and because of that, I was, you know, for me, it manifested in, in trying to find my identity in different groups. Mm. And we were talking about that. You know, I wanted to identify myself as a CrossFitter or, you know, I wanted to identify myself by, you know, a new business I was starting or I wanted to identify with the people I was, like you said, that I was going out with on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Like that became the most important thing to me, not my profession. So how do we as teachers, you know, start to build that self-esteem? I mean, and I guess the question I would ask you, side is it self-esteem as a teacher or is it, are you saying self-esteem in general as a person? I said as a person. You're a person first. Yeah. I you know, agree. you're a person first. And that is... You can't build your teacher's esteem until you build your self-esteem. You are not a teacher all the time. You're a person, you're a human being. Right. So do you like being with you? Right. You know, um, and that was, you know, one of the things we talked about is you've got to understand yourself. You know, you know, for me, it was James Allen, as a man thinketh. Um, that was what it was for me. Um, that was kind of the, the tipping point in my, my teaching career um, to realize that I sabotaged so much of my teaching because of the way that I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I was thinking negatively, I just wasn't thinking on the right things. My focus was always on what went bad or who I'm not reaching or who I can't do this instead of what I did well so that I can encourage myself to do that so that I can deal with not reaching. You're not going to reach all 30 kids. That's, that's the reality. You've got 30 kids in your room. You're not going to average. It says you may reach 20 kids if you're great. Right. But those other 10 kids doesn't mean that just because I don't reach them that I can't have an impact on them. Right. You know, and, and I think that, and and that was the answer I thought you would give, but where I'm at is, you know, understanding that you can't go out and, and pretend to be self-esteem and be self-confident as a teacher when you're not self, self you don't have self-esteem behind. Cause that's what I tried to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand how much of an impact my personal life had on my professional life. And no matter how hard I tried and how hard I ignored the fact that my personal life, your personal life seeps in. It's who you are. And, and eventually, when you're not a self-confident person, when you have low self-esteem, even though you might try to hide it at, with your kids, eventually it's going to boil over. It's going to get to the surface. And I can attest that when it does, it's, it's not pleasant. Well, you know, even, you know, we were having a conversation um, this year. I have a student teacher who's amazing, by the way. Big shout out to Sam Houston State University uh, and their teacher preparedness program. Man, I'm learning so much about how they're trying to prepare teachers in watching and listening to my student teacher this year. Man, big shout out, Eric Lopez. Uh, graduates December. Man, I'm excited for him. But we were talking about, you know, teachers going out and having that release. And he was like, you know, if I was like, you know, a lot of my teacher friends, they go out Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, and they go do this and go do that and go do that. And I say, you know, as a young teacher, know that that, that is a potential pitfall. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying don't do it. I did it. 
and I was an old teacher when I got into the profession. You know, I wasn't 21, 22 years old. This was my third career choice, and I still did it. You know, so I understand that, that uh, you have to understand that, that it is a potential pitfall. I do think it helps build relationship with some of the other, the other comrades. It, it does expose some people in a way to where I can really learn who you are in this environment more so than in this environment. Mm -hmm. um, but understanding that it's a potential pitfall and that I know I have to set a limit for myself on what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to allow myself to do. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. just set those limits and hold them. Yeah, I mean, and I remember, you know, those two times too. I mean, there's a huge difference between, you know, now, like, I like going out for a happy hour on a Friday with colleagues. But, you know, back in the day when I first started in Houston, happy hour wasn't happy hour. It was happy hours. You would get, you would get there whatever at 4.30 or, you know, 5 o'clock. And, 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 and I wouldn't get home until after midnight. Mm -hmm. and I would be lucky if I found dinner in there but you know then I would sleep in on Saturday and I'd get up and watch college football and then I'd go do it again on Saturday and it just it becomes it, become, it becomes habitual and then what happens is Friday's not enough Saturday's not enough so then it trickles over to oh they're having a special on Wednesdays over here where you can go do this or Thursday night football over here come watch this game with us and, and then it becomes this trickle to where now you're not the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you go into the classroom you're not you're not presenting because you're still <laughs> I hate to use this term but and I may get some grief for it you're teaching under the influence yeah yeah you're, you, know, you know what I'm saying you're, you're not you're not you, you didn't just put the bottle down this morning but you still have that influence so you're more apt to call in sick which puts your students down and puts your teammates down you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're coming to work, but then you're, you're not yourself, which again, puts your students down, lets your team down. Don't let the things that you like to do affect things that you love to do. And I'm hoping, speaking from perfect world, that anybody who walks into a classroom loves to do what they're doing. I apologize that we have to take this short break from this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast, but we have news that's so important we just couldn't wait to tell you. Because we believe in it, and because they believe in us, we were able to partner with Nearpod to provide you a free opportunity and discounts on your chance to use the Nearpod platform. Now, what is Nearpod? Glad you asked. Nearpod is an online teaching platform that we can house our lessons, we can create presentations, and they have the most incredible bank pre-created lessons and curriculum that is there for you to sample depending upon what level you choose. So if you go to the link that's in our show notes, I'm going to give it to you right now. It's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. You have the opportunity to sign up for free plus get huge discounts on their gold and their platinum memberships. And for a few lucky listeners soon, we're going to be giving away gold memberships and one platinum. So keep listening, and we'll let you know when that's going to happen. But before that is, get on, go to go.nearpod.com 
backslash value as value to check it out. So don't let the things that you like to do, hanging out with your friends, having a couple of libations here and there, don't let that affect the thing that you love, which is impacting students' lives. Well, and I think for, and speaking from my personal experience, it was a coping mechanism. It wasn't so much that I really liked it. It was a coping mechanism. And let's be honest, that's not the most productive coping mechanism <laughs> for a teacher. You know, like to be, to be doing that, to go out and just forget about all your problems and all those things. That's not, that's not productive. And, you know, for me, it's like you said, and I, and I certainly don't want to knock teachers who go out and have drinks or do anything like that. But for me and in my experience, it was to get away from all everything I had going. Because yeah. when, when, when I don't, ha when you don't, and the point is when you don't have self-esteem, you can't face the realities of what your situation is. Mm -hmm. So I was choosing rather, rather than really digging into the issues I was having, both personally and professionally, I just pretended they weren't there. Right. And that really became a an problem. Escape. It was more yeah, than it was an escape. And I didn't even realize it was an escape until you started talking to me about it. Because mm -hmm. I remember once you and I became friends, that other friend group that I had faded and it faded quickly. And I think, but I think also part of understanding yourself is knowing that that's okay. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's okay to shed friends. I promise it is. It, right. You know, because when you shed friends, you give, you give room for new growth. When you shed those friends, you have new growth. And you would hope that your trajectory of growth, people are either growing with you or they're shedding off of you or they're holding you back. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're smothering you so much that you can't grow and they're preventing you to grow. So now you're stuck in this, this holding pattern and neither one of you are growing and anything that's not growing is dying. Right. You know, and, and when we were talking about self-esteem, you know, for a teacher and I, and the direction we wanted to go with it is if you don't have self-esteem, it's hard to hold yourself accountable. And, and with you, um, I, I think you, you can't just all of a sudden say, I'm going to have self-esteem and I'm going to hold myself accountable. But I was lucky to have a friend like you. And also with Ben, mm -hmm. where I had friends who not only helped me build my self-esteem, but held me accountable until I was able to hold myself accountable and to, to get to that point. So I, I guess let's go you know, how, how do we help teachers build their self-esteem, build their self-confidence? I say the first step is spending some time with yourself. Mm. Get away from everything else. Um, I love journaling. Um, I love meditation. Uh, and I think meditation can take on so many different forms. You can, I mean, it's not just sitting in a floor on a yoga mat. Um, you know, it could be just just walking around in your backyard or sitting in your backyard looking at the sky and purposely putting yourself in a position to see who you are. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes, again, you, you can go through so much and it's like driving an ATV through the mud that you get all this mud that distorts your vision from every single day. And sometimes you just got to stop, rinse it off, let it dry and see where you are. Mm-hmm. And see, is where I am. I don't know if that sounded right, but is where I am where I want to be to help me get to where I'm desiring to be. Yeah, you know, and in and, and that too is where you are, where you thought you were. Because I mm. think I face that problem too is I think I'm really one place. I've been going this one direction, but I've not stopped to check in to see, you know, where I'm at. I think you, you always use the metaphor of you're driving on a road without road signs and you, you turn off the road, but you don't know where you are. And, and I would add to that. And I will say from my personal experience, um, there have been several times throughout my life where I've gotten professional help. Um, and I think more and more people's insurance are covering, mm-hmm. you know, going to see counselors or going to see therapists or whatever it is. And you don't have to have big giant problems. But for me, it was always helpful because it was someone who was a completely um, objective mm-hmm. out, outside person. Because like you said, when you, when you start to shed friends and your relationships dwindle to the people around you, you, it's hard to find people who are objective and can see this from different perspectives. So I found that to be incredibly helpful um, in that too. But I mean, like you said, we, I mean, you were the one that got me started doing meditation and journaling. And, and I think that goes to your point of being able to see where you are. I mean, meditation and journaling is one of the best ways you can analyze and figure out where you're actually at versus where you thought you were. Mm-hmm. It is. And, you know, and it's funny because I remember growing up and my mom used to stress to me about writing. And I remember she used to always say, if you can't talk to somebody about it, write it. Yeah. Because that's having a conversation with yourself. You know, and growing up, you know, we experienced some some pretty, some rough things and, and some things that, you know, you shouldn't see as kids and our kids now even more so. Um, but sometimes it's like once you can write it out and you get into a habit of writing things out, it helps you see where you are and where you're trying to go a lot better. Um, and it gives you a purpose. It gives you a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so as these teachers, you know, build, build their self-confidence, build their self-esteem, um, you know, work to just figure out where they're at, where does self-accountability come into to that? And how does that, how does that personal accountability help them as an educator? Well, you can't have accountability until you set limits and set goals. So once you take the time for yourself and you kind of get a vision of who you are, where you're wanting to be and what you're trying to do, then that's when you start setting your parameters. You start setting your limits and then you hold yourself accountable to those limits and those goals. Um, Because before then, you can't. I mean, you have nothing to hold yourself accountable for. You know, there are those of us who, I mean, even some great people who meander through life, 
just kind of, you know, jellyfishing along with the tide, expecting to get greatness from just being without any type of focused being. You know, we were born great, yes. But what are you going to do with your greatness? How are you going to apply your greatness to your everyday life? And how are you going to grow others from your greatness? And I think that once you start taking the time for yourself, uh, meditation and journaling and doing different things that's going to get you to connect and seeing who you are, what you are, what you are, what you're not. Then you set those limits and those goals. Now you can start holding yourself accountable for those things. Um, and that leads us to ultimately what we want is that building up of your own efficacy. Because mm -hmm. hopefully in there, you'll start to see, well, maybe I struggle in this type of teaching style, or maybe I need some help with flexible grouping, or maybe I need some help on time management. Maybe I need help on organizational skills. And then in that goal setting, you start putting things in place to help you accomplish and meet those things. And, um, and then that builds your efficacy. That, that, that helps you grow as a teacher because you're focusing on yourself. And I know it sounds crazy. To be a better teacher, you've got to become selfish, but you do. You have to be so dogged about who you are and what you, what you want to become that that becomes your driving force. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and a couple of points that I was thinking of while you were saying that too was just, you know, we have to help teachers understand that doing things for yourself, you know, the, the common term now is self-care, but being reflected, doing those things, that is investing in your craft. You don't have to feel bad mm -hmm. that you're not taking the time to work on lesson plans or grade things or do that stuff, that that is adding. It's 100% adding to who you are. And, you know, like you said, with self-efficacy, it's, it's about getting what you need to better serve your kids. It's not, it's, it's breaking that mentality. Yes, you are advocating for yourself, but it's not selfish because ultimately you're, you're wanting to get the things you need to do the absolute best that you can for your kids. And I think changing, changing that narrative of, you know, what what is best for our kids what skills do we want them to have and i mean i don't know about you but i think self-efficacy for our kids is maybe right at the top of the list well you know even when you think about you know i we, we did the training the uh other week with uh all stars daycare child care center uh, out in the task casita and um we talked about maslow's hierarchy of needs you know, and at the very, very top of Maslow is self-actualization. That point where I realize I am, I am here, I'm present, and, and I'm ready to accomplish what, what is set out for me. Before you get to that point, all of this other stuff is so important, and you have to have people to guide you there. So I can't build my, my, the top of my pyramid until I build my foundation. And as I build these foundations, the foundation is who? Me, me. Yes, I'm Mr. Law sitting in the classroom, but Mr. Law wouldn't be anything if, if Wilkie didn't do what he was supposed to do. 
You know what I mean? If it was, if Will didn't shake himself sometimes and do some of those stuff that that he doesn't want to wake up in the morning, but he know he has to. He doesn't want to, you know, go to bed at the right time, but he know he has to. He doesn't want to go work out in the gym, but he know he has to. Why? Because in order for Mr. Law to give you his best version of himself, Will has some stuff that he got to battle and he has to deal with. And if we get that and keep that in our mindset, then as we as we grow students, we grow them to that point. You know, I used to always tell people, um, you can't, when I was a word leader, I, I used to tell the, the praise team, we can't say we're going to usher people into God's presence if we haven't gotten to God's presence first. We can't. We can't. I have to go there first. I have to be out front. and I, I have to get there first so that when I get there, I can, I can beckon you and say, no, promise you, come here. You want to be a part of this. It's the same premise when we're teaching. Mm -hmm. We have to know our stuff so well. And I love the fact that social media is allowing people to have personalities. And we know there's spoofs out there. You know, there are people who are really not doing what they say they're doing there. You know, there are, there are people who are doing it and just not saying it at all. But there's, you know, both extremes. But at the same time, there are there is enough data out there to see that teachers are taking their who they are those confident teachers are taking who they are, making their classrooms extensions of who they are. It's another uh, extremity of who they are and having their kids invite them, beckoning them to come into my world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just teaching like it used to be in the past. It's no, come into my world. Let's share some things. Well, and I think, you know, to that point, if I'm hearing you right, our our teaching style and our teaching self-esteem has to be built on who we are and our personal self-esteem and i can think back and if we go back to the original story about when i got to stelic i had built who i was as a person on top of who i was as a teacher so when that kind of crumbled underneath me there was nothing there was not you know it's like the pyramid that's upside down once that point comes it all crumbled and I think that phrase you just said, who, who Mr. Law is, is built on will, not, not will being built on Mr. Law. And I think if we could really sum, sum that up uh, on this episode, I mean, I think that's really a key point is just Mr. Krieger has to be built on who Kyle is. Mm -hmm. Because coming back to a point we make all the time, of authenticity at being the most important aspect of who you are and your teaching because your kids, although a lot of times they are unforgiving and they watch and they can be cruel, they will on the flip side, forgive you for a lot of things as long as they believe you to be who you are and that whatever you're doing is genuine. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, I, I could not have said that better. Um, I think that is, um, it goes back to again, those ABCs of inspired teaching. Mm -hmm. we, we said it, that was like the one word that we did not dispute when we were doing, putting together those whole ABCs. And we need to pull that list out maybe and, and start posting them every day so we can kind of go through that list and just post a word every day about what the ABCs of inspired teachers are. That's a good idea. Um, 
but but yeah, I think that authenticity piece, man, it 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 it, it is what makes the teacher self relationship so solid. Mm-hmm. It makes it so solid, and when you're solid, you don't take things personal from your colleagues. You don't think take things personal from your students because you understand you're flawed. Mm-hmm. You know that at any given moment you could flip out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know at any given moment yeah. you could be that kid, that person, and so it's a it's a it's it's a constant continuum. Oh uh, yeah it's a constant continuum of growing and evolving. Um, because like you said, I mean, kids deal with a lot. Kids are dealing with a lot right now and they don't handle it perfect. We don't handle it perfect, but we certainly don't want people based on this episode to think that self-esteem and self-efficacy and accountability are milestones you get to. It's, it's a constant process because no matter how self how much self confidence you have or your how high your self esteem is you're going to make mistakes but i think that, that when you have a strong sense of self you understand that mistakes are not fatal they are not but that comes from me knowing me that's me studying my own my own reel you know what i'm saying when i study my reel and i'm looking saying man every time i cut to my left I, I go off that foot and I'm going to miss the ball. I can't extend the same way. So now I got to study. What do I have to do when I make that left cut? Maybe I need to make it a little early. Don't go out 20 steps. Don't take 20 steps. Maybe go out 15 and make it that I can catch it. You know what I'm saying? You have to make those adjustments and constantly be looking at it. So I know who I am. And I tell people, I, I, I will never teach a, a lesson on time management. I'll never teach a lesson on organization. That's just not, I'm not there yet. And that's not something that's in my wheelhouse to say, yeah, you know, I mean, not making excuses because it can get better. But there's so many other things that I need to work on that I need to get better at that to me, focusing, spending energy on that is not my thing. And even when I spend energy on it, I know it's going to be something I'm always going to struggle with. So I can talk from an empathetic state with people who, who struggle with it because I do try to get better. I, that's one of my limits to say, hey, you need to be at work by 7.30 every day. Mm-hmm. That, that's something I tell myself. And I, when I'm looking at my time and at 6.45, I know at 6.45 I have to be done doing do in order to make. So it's something that I'm working on. But I know I'm not going to go out here and be able to present this to people and say, hey, look, this, because that's my struggle still. Empathetically, yeah, we can have a conversation about it. I can tell you my struggles. You can tell me your struggles. You can tell me what worked. I can share you with you what's worked. But that's not, that's not where I'm going to hang my hat. I'm going to hang my hat on the things that I know. And that's relationships work. Whether we're talking about the teacher-student relationship, the teacher-teacher relationship, we'll get into other episodes, the teacher and admin relationship, and we'll talk about the teacher-parent relationship because relationships are the one thing that matter. They are the one constant in everything we do in life as human beings. It is what makes us human. The ability to live and work in the same community is what gives us our strength. We're the one of the weakest animals on the planet. There are smaller animals that are stronger than us. But it's our ability to make those connections with each other and work together that makes us strong. 
So if we're going to teach kids anything, we first got to have that same sense of strength within ourselves and say, I know who I am. You can't tell me anything about me that I don't know. I'm always reminded of that scene in Eight Mile when Eminem, you know, that makes it to the last scene of, of uh, last um, competition. And he goes first and he starts telling the crowd everything that you got to tell me. And he said, here, I'll tell these crowd, tell, tell these folks something about myself, something about me that they don't know. I've exposed myself. Mm-hmm. I know me so well that I'm going to put it out there first so that when you're trying to shoot at me, you're not shooting slugs at me. You, I already said that. I know. That is a struggle. Yep, I made that mistake. You know, I said this year, one of my posters I'm going to make is going to be uh, own your wrong. Because as soon as you can own your wrong, I messed up. You can move on a lot faster with the right perspective. But as long as you cast and blame out, those students made me do it, or they made me stay out this, they are, or they, they, they made me tired, I didn't want to do this, those excuses. Mm-hmm. Excuses never get results. Mm-hmm. Excuses never get results. Yeah, man, I feel like this is a perfect spot to wrap it up. So thank you for tuning in to episode five of season two of Value Add Value. Like I said, we have two more episodes on the relationship side before we move into uh, what's next, but we're, we're certainly enjoying it. Like, a, like we said, we hope to see you sometime soon uh, in Texas. We're going to be San Antonio. San Antonio this week. We will be there. Great to catch up uh, in person. Going to see the AIE crew and the Teacher Hardout crew. And then the end of October, the last Saturday of October, TCCA in Houston. We're excited for it. But uh, this is Kyle and Will signing off for Episode 5, Value Adds Value. Peace.